Ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've been waiting for is here. Welcome to Haywood's Take on Hollywood. This is Trevor, starting off the pot again this week. I feel like I should probably start every week. I'm a comforting voice. I'll be the voice of reason on pot on the pod today. Anyway. Neither of us, neither of us really, really care. You seem to care more, so maybe in that sense. But it's as cool. far as like cool for care. the audience, I don't think anybody also cares. Maybe we should do a poll of just who's the best no. co-host. <laughs> just who's the best? Who's the best? That could be the activity next week, maybe. So. Barbie and Oppenheimer, or as we affectionately have become, you know, memeized it, we've called it Barbenheimer. Yeah, we coined that. <laughs> yeah, us. When I say we, I mean specifically We're us three. Influencers. We also started the silly band craze in 2010, but we won't go into that. <laughs> yes. Um, Trevor, what are we doing for this activity? You didn't. You didn't prep me. So for once in our lives, we're actually going to say something authentic and on the spot (laughs) instead of coming up with a list on our notes app the day before. Wow. So these two movies brought us to the movie theater. That's what they have in common. And that's that's something that I think is really important. Right. And so I thought we would just for our opener, just do a little ode to the movie theater. Talk about. Our favorite experience is going to the movies and leaving our homes, going into a theater, and our best experiences we've had, the best movies that you know you feel like were enhanced by the theater, movies that you wish you saw in the theater. Let's just, as Sean said, wax poetic about going to the movies, because I think it's a very important thing. Without the movies, we don't have movies, for the most part. You know, you got streaming, but... It's kind of trash. Among the three of us, I'm the most seasoned. I'm a veteran. I'm the much, much older, more wise of the three. Uh, so I've been doing this longer is what I'm trying to say. I remember this, the slam of Scar's hand being very loud and scary. And I don't think I remember a single other thing from Lion King. I remember every year our family would go to to a movie on Christmas Eve and I would get sick every single year because I think my motion sickness caused me to get sick when I was there and I think we blamed it on the popcorn but now the popcorn is sort of triggering for me so that's like the first decade of my life I would say or even maybe a little longer I don't know I would say about the first decade so your first decade was just terrible experience I would say trash yeah you'd rather be at home yeah I was just sick it like literally reminded me of going to the theater and throwing up Right. So that's that the first stop the age what, twenty? Uh thirty, probably. Yeah. No, I uh you know, my teens my teens started to be good. I'll I'll wait, you guys keep going. We'll just I'll I'll go through my decades, but uh what else do you <laughs> All have? of Sean's I have three wisdom. decades to your Jake, guys. Do you remember two. what movie you saw for the first like your first movie theater experience or one of them? I don't think I. I don't think I do. I have very few memories of my childhood, just in general. Jake didn't exist until you turned like sixteen. We love that. Yeah, there was a little boy who was taken and replaced with Jake, an already adult man. Listen, when you look at different pictures of me at different ages, like I look, it's a like weird. a different person. Like I don't look out. that similar. We're gonna get to the bottom of it. Ooh, maybe that's a script we write. He's got like a little curl in his hair. He's got a little ginger in his hair as a little kid. Oh, he was full ginger. Not even a little. He was no, full ginger. Like, Dude, what, look at that one-year-old pig. Like, it's what like half gin. Anyway, well, I'll tell you my first movie theater experience that I can remember. It was a movie called The Incredibles. Ever heard of it? We haven't said that in a while on the pod. That's true. Um, I've been trying to avoid it because I And I remember laughing really hard at the BS line. When he's like, I can't go around with a big BS on my, so I just do S for sitter instead of babysitter. And I remember just thinking that was so funny, even though I don't even think I knew what BS stood for. I'm sure you didn't. But like the theater laughed, and so I just laughed. <laughs> you think letters are funny at that I, point? Yeah, at that point, I'm like, oh, the Sesame Street, I get the reference. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's like the earliest movie theater experience I can remember. And then I feel like it kind of goes fuzzy for a while. But yeah, that's the earliest I got. And then. So then we're getting into my second decade. I've talked about this before. Mom would drop us off at Valley Fair Mall, which is just a wild take. And mom's like kind of, what did she, I think she's like talked recently about how she feels like I always say she's a bad parent. On this podcast. On this podcast. No, she's the best parent on the planet. And think of all my growth opportunities I had at that mall. Anyway, and it was a dollar theater. And so it was just like, we would see like, I, there was probably the, from, yeah, when I was ages like 10 to 13, maybe 11 to 13, I saw like every PG 13 and under movie that was like out there. Um, I don't remember super specific, like other than uh, specifically, especially too fast, too furious. I was like, dang. Um, but yeah, just kind of like pretty much any movie that came out, I was always, and then, you know, we'd kind of sneak in here and there too. That was, that was the, that era of, of my, my movie watching. And I really enjoyed it. I remember when I found out about the matinee, mm. just that it's cheaper. Mm. I use that on mom every time. I'm like, mom, it's a matinee. Yeah. Come on. It's cheaper. Yep. I remember one time you and Abby and your friends were all going to Harry Potter. Yep. I remember that. Oh yeah. That's a good experience. I was too young to go. And I was so upset. So there's a memory of my childhood not going to Upsetting. the movies. Um, I think, yeah, those Harry Potter ones specifically are good for that that era as well. We would go, you know, all like dressed up and all, you know, it was a whole thing. When it gets they're toward, not my favorite movies, but they're it's a fun time at the movies for sure. The later of those films, when we get toward those, that's some of my early um, experiences in a movie theater because I was obsessed with Harry Potter Um like fourth grade through like eighth grade, it was like most of my personality. Well, and that was back when it was an actual midnight showing. Yep. Let's talk about that. Yep. Back oh. in our day, kids, there was midnight <laughs> showings of films. So if you wanted to see a movie coming out on Friday, Thursday night, that thing's coming out at midnight Friday morning. You're not getting your cush seven PM. Yeah, Thursday. these days these days you got a premiere on Friday. Oh, there's a six o'clock and and the rest of the night showings of the movie yeah like a five o'clock showing on a thursday no we like and also we often had to this was before the internet was what it was it was like first come first serve midnight showing so you had people showing up at 5 p.m sitting with a blanket at the movie theater until midnight to get a good yeah. seat to harry potter and the order of the phoenix that was kind of fun and do you know what i um I haven't thought about like dressing up for a movie um, since Harry Potter until I guess the minions came out and everyone dressed in their best suits. Respect where it's <laughs> Yeah, respect the minion drip. Um, still haven't seen minions. It's pretty low on my priority list. However, Barbie. I went to uh, the thrift store before and bought myself a nice pink shirt and uh, had a change of clothes to a black shirt. So that when Sean and I barbenheimered, I got to uh, wear both both outfits. It was a very good time. Have you ever dressed up ever for a movie, Sean? No, I'm pretty sure. I'd, I th- I'm pretty sure. Definitely not every time, but I'm pretty sure at least one time I dressed up like as a Harry Potter character. Hagrid. I know for sure one time for the release of the book, a, f- a family friend asked me to be like the token Harry Potter there, like to, she like worked for black Smiths hair. and I had like dark hair and I could kind of pull it off. Um, I, I imagined I parlayed that into a, into a theater, you know, dress up. I don't remember if I did or not, but I think right. so. I'm just not, I'm not a big dress up guy, period, but. So I would be doing the world a disfavor and myself if I didn't mention the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm. and what that did to theaters. Yeah. Listen, a lot of people say it ruined movies because that's the only... We're on the end of it. I'm not even mad anymore because it's just like they just don't matter anymore. But that got people to the theater. Say what you yeah. will. No, it's great. And... Up through phase four? At the end three? of phase three. Three is freaking... Yeah. Great. Yeah. Nope, and no so notes. the best... Still, still to this day, the best... And I... Doubt it'll get better. The best movie experience ever yeah. in my life, yeah, was Avengers Endgame, and that was listen, electric. 
you may not enjoy being in a theater full of people that are way charged and freaking out and screaming, but like it was amazing. I have to I have to say that even the so I the first Avengers came out like a couple months before I got home from my mission where we don't watch any movies. And I was I was always a big superhero fan even before <laughs> I was a big superhero fan before it was cool to be a superhero fan anyway. But it was just like right. so I was all stoked on my mission that like this was coming out and I come home and I, my buddies were all laughing because like Hulk starts to smash and like no joke. I'm like cry laughing and like it's awesome. Yeah, Hulk because smash. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I missed this so much. And yeah. so, yeah, and then that carries on. All the Avengers were were an amazing experience. And then, ooh, and yeah, to think of like of uh infinity war holy cow when how and you know everyone leaving the theater knows it's all you know it's fine there's gonna be a couple people who die actually but like for like in general we're all good but like that feeling of like eeriness was real yeah Yeah. well what what they pulled off after how many movies 20 23 23 or something movies and then to like bring it up to a climactic singular movie with all of these characters and totally land the plane in a way that I think is mostly agreed upon by the public at large is insanely impressive. They'll never be able to repeat that. Yeah. No one will. DC is trying so hard and you can see all the effort and it's, it's, it's pretty hard to watch, but that is Marvel's also, trying so hard. They are. You just can't replicate it. It's, it was a movie theater experience. It was, I was up at Utah state and Logan the whole theater was filled with college students and everyone was, it was like berserk. Like, you know, you know, the moments in the movie, but so just good. how insane the portal, it was. the portal. Like if I would have waited till that just came out, like <laughs> VOD. Yeah. If I'm oh. just going to stream that by myself, like, no, first of all, it's so good that I'd still love it, but that's not a Disney it's plus. Just, it's just not at home moment. So yeah, this is, you know, what other movies have you been very happy to have seen in the theaters? I brought this up not too long ago, but um, I remember, yeah, going with dad to all three of the the Lord of the Rings, which were just like, they're the best version of all. Yeah, it's like, come on, it's Lord of the Rings. We'll have an episode on it eventually. I'm very jealous. It was, yeah, and just like dad liking it and just me and him every year. It was a really cool little bonding experience for us to go. How, I don't know if it was every year or every other. I can't remember how long those took in between, but I feel like they kind of knocked them out. Pretty they filmed quick. them all together. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it was like every year. And so, yeah, I'd just be all stoked for it to come out. And, man, those things were just larger than life and just magical. And then, like, Return of the King, There's I remember specifically that feeling of, like, okay, yeah, it's over. And then we had, like, have the, like, fake endings five times. And it's like, thank you. Thank you for, like, not stopping. Like, we can keep going. And it's, oh, yeah, those are, those are probably, I don't know if that, like, if even Endgame for me is like, it's like that, like the collective, like group and everything, yeah, landing the plane, everything was crazy. But something about like those movies in theaters is just like, I don't know if you can beat that for me as far as just like high quality of movie and just like uh, combined with the IP thing. You know what I'm saying? I think that's, and Trevor, I know you recently went and saw Return of the King in in theater. It was amazing. Yeah, it's just like. Those things just like require the theater, you know? Yeah. Seeing like those wars and like the huge scenery and just the, yeah, the epicness of the Lord of the Rings. I'm so, I, I really want to go see those I'm in sure a theater. Oh, dude. They'll, they'll, they'll come around again. Didn't you just see Titanic? I, that's what I was going to say. I saw Titanic in a theater and it was, it was exactly how that movie was supposed to be seen i had never seen it like on a big screen i think you know when i first watched it i was watching it on a tiny little tv that you know today we would think is just absolutely tiny because tvs are giant um and it's just like absolutely not what james cameron would want (laughs) on the two vhs's or whatever i don't know um but getting to see that in a movie theater and how well it holds up and how just like devastating and beautiful. Like that is a five star experience for me. So that's one of the best movie going experiences I've had. Um, I really enjoyed seeing, I think it was like 2013 or so when um, they put the Lion King original um, back in theaters for a bit. I think they did it in 3d, which is lame. And I always get sick when we went inside. Yeah. But it was 
it was pretty magnificent. They're doing it again this year, I think. There's it's like Disney's um 100th anniversary I'll be there. and they're putting like eight movies back in theaters, like Pirates, Toy Story, that's Lion really cool. King, wow. etc. The Pirates were fun fun movie going experiences yeah. as well. And like, you know, Avatar Right, whether you think it's the best, highest brass of like writing or whatever, you gotta see it in theaters because of how insanely. Once again, James Cameron, you know that's another one of those where it's like, oh, go see it in the theater because you'll be glad you saw it in theaters. Well, and how true is it? Like, it's like, yeah, I, I've watched it outside of theater and I really enjoyed it. And I think it's underrated outside of theater, but like that experience of going to Avatar is like especially that first one was just like, we've never seen anything like this at all. And like I said, yeah. I just, I'd just come off the Lord of the Rings trilogy and we like visually, it's just like, untouchable. like what's happening. Um, I got to say one that I, that's, that's a, uh, it was the one I've seen most in theater. I watched it, I think four times in theater and that was the dark Knight. And yeah. everyone I know saw it multiple times. It was just one of those, like, like again it's like especially when you combine something that's so public so ip something that's so that everyone's aware of and then it's done at at literally the height of it's like the best you can possibly do it yeah and just the the acting and the the whole thing like everyone's just like okay i guess we're going and i want to go with you and i want to go with my other group of friends i want to go with my dad i want to go with my whoever and it's just like you're and like i remember yeah i went four different times and like probably not enough (laughs) Seriously, Nolan invented superhero movies. Yeah. So yeah, I like this. I like Spider Man, brother. But he he did he 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 did it the best in my opinion. Well, I it's like hardly even a superhero movie. It's like a it's that's like true a crime movie. That's true. Vigilante. He he invented that he, that. <laughs> um, yeah, had to, had to say like yeah, the frequency thing was like, Jake that's and memorable. I were very rebellious. Ooh, as little Utah boys, and we went and saw. Do you even know what I'm gonna? Simpsons. The Simpsons movie. Oh shoot! And I remember feeling so awesome and cool, and like I'm like, how did we even? It's it, like I such think a it was dad. Set, we, like we, it's just a silly movie, right? Yeah, but when you're a little kid and you grow up your whole life thinking it's some horrible show, but then laughing every time it's on a TV. Jake and I went and saw Simpsons movie. I think because Dad let us, not because Mom. <laughs> Dad is is like low key. Even when he didn't let us watch it, low key. He Simpsons loves the Simpsons. Yeah, mom, like, mom laughs at the Simpsons. Mom, I think Mom just like went along with like, I, oh yeah, people like say we shouldn't, and so. But like well, Mom and Dad, if they just like sat and watched Simpsons, I think I was like, Mom, really if like you it. don't laugh in five minutes, then we'll change it, and then she'd laugh. It's funny. Um. <laughs> anyway, we went and saw that in theaters, and it was awesome. It was actually amazing. Like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like you can go on and on about movies that you saw in theaters. And I think it's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth the money a lot of the time. Well, and I, I think seldom some... a time where I'm like, eh, I regret seeing this in theaters. I think there's a lot of movies that are elevated by it. One that specifically comes to mind, um, and there's millions, but um, at least thousands, sorry, um, is Ford versus Ferrari. Like, it's a good movie for sure. But like me and Markel went and saw it. And I think we'd had like the D box seats or whatever. And it was just like, this is so freaking much fun. That would have been a good one. That it's just see. yeah, like outside of it, it's like yeah, that's a you know that's a good little racing movie and you know interesting dynamic with the characters, blah 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 blah. But like to see it like and to have it so loud and to like follow along with it is you know it's like it can just elevate a movie that and and yeah and it, sometimes I'll watch a movie from the seventies. I watched Thief yesterday. It's a great movie. I think it's eighty one or something like that. But it was and it's just like man, it would have been so cool to see this in theater. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like kind of a bummer that we don't get to see that every time. Just Despite the fact that our movies are, uh, you know, our TVs and stuff are getting much better. And so we're kind of getting a little closer to that. So um, I think if you think of any Nolan, that that's going to be heightened by the movie theater experience, uh, any James Cameron. But I thought of Interstellar and I saw that in theaters and that was just absolutely beautiful. La La Land, Inception. La La Land is, you know, I think those directors, but I loved seeing like a big budget, like studio musical homage to old musicals on the big screen even greatest showman greatest Showman. whether you like it or not like that would have been very fun to see in theaters i was i went twice three times um across the spider verse into the spider verse in theaters bazonkers and apparently with across the spider verse there's different versions the different times that you go to the movies they have like small little variants (laughs) yes it's crazy so they say 
Um. Anyway. Yeah, movies. Movie theaters are Cinema. great. Um, I'm actually. I'm gonna reveal this now. We're gonna be doing an Instagram giveaway, trying to get some more people listening to our pod, and we're gonna give away a movie theater gift card to get you to the movies. To get off your rump, turn off your Roku, and go to the movies. Your Roku? Is that so hard? (laughs) So check out our Instagram soon. $50 gift card to the movie theater of your choice. We're going to give it out. It'll be a good time. But until then, you're just going to have to keep listening without any paid incentive. Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. Let's talk Barb, then let's talk Heimer, I think. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. Um, I think three men talking about Barbie is probably... On a podcast. Yeah, on a movie podcast. I think that's probably really the best the best it. way for you to understand Barbie. <laughs> yeah. You could just superficially, but like we're going to really... Because like, even if you've seen it, you probably you didn't it. get it. So we just know a lot. Yeah, it's like there's just so many references that you're not going like, to understand. Otherwise. And like innuendos and and just a lot of implied. It's pretty deep um, right. for the average mind. So so us men will tell you how to understand this movie and how to enjoy it. Well, first of all, do you think that this is the proper order to watch the movie in? Barbenheimer? Barbenheimer? Because I don't. I don't either. I, I wish I would have seen it in the other... Because I saw Barbie first. Yeah. And then in, Sean and I both went to see both um, in a row. We stopped at the at the the food court in the mall and had some Greek food. It was really good. Um, I saw Oppenheimer on Friday and then saw Barbie on Tuesday. Um, and I'm very glad I did because we'll get into it. But you guys clearly had a skewed view of the film. Whereas I was unobstructed. You guys? I or maybe guy. maybe just you guy. I don't know. <laughs> but we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. Barbie. <laughs> Barbie. Jake, what'd you rate Barbie? So when I immediately left the theater, I, I gave it five stars. I'm obsessed with this movie. This is so great. As I thought about it um, and looked at my other now. five stars, it's probably going to be at a four and a half. But do you know what? This movie is so freaking good. This lands the plane. It's better than you expect. And I even expected it to be really good. Um, it's smart, it's funny, it's moving, and uh, Margot Robbie is uh, best actress nom. I don't know. It I should happen. Has to be. Come on, like it's probably not going to happen given what they like usually. I don't know. I award. think she, I think she might get in there. That'd be amazing because this movie absolutely crumbles if she's not um, at the center of it. Nom for sure. I'd I think be- we're, I think Gosling might might sneak in there for supporting as well. Um, let me just read the synopsis because we like to do that. Yep. Barbie and Ken are having the time of their lives in the colorful and seemingly perfect world of Barbie land. However, when they get a chance to go to the real world, they soon discover the joys and perils of living among humans. I want to quickly shout out what I think is the most, uh, the best part of this movie, which is the production design. So I think cool. it's, yeah, it's, you know, Greta Gerwig, uh, shout out her. She's the director. She, I, you know, like everything she does, but, um, I think, uh, she really wanted to use like so much of like the old Hollywood tactics when, when filming this. And it all feels like, especially in Barbie world, obviously when they go to the regular world, it's a little different. relatively little CGI. Yeah. Very, very little CGI. Um, this, the production is just like all plasticky and like the proportions are more toward like a dollhouse and she really wanted to make that dollhouse studio feel and uh i think and not just her obviously i don't know who the production designer is but sarah greenwood sarah green green greenwood greenwood anyway they 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 crushed it they it's like perfect you feel exactly how she and i heard an an interview with her that she like she was describing what she wanted me to feel and i was like that's exactly what i felt yep it's so cool i think especially in barbie land yes barbie world barbie land I can't remember. Barbie Land. Barbie Land um, that that production design. This will get the nom, and it it's an easy, easy nom. Seems like a clear potentially win winner. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but I think that that is um, extraordinary as well. Um, 
absolutely transforms you, like transports you into the world of Barbie. You know what I didn't like about it? The whole time I was just trying to push this woke liberal agenda. Okay, can I speak <laughs> um, as a woke liberal? <laughs> no, I, well, as a, as a pretty middle ground, I would say, relatively person, I would say, calm down, everyone. Let women just enjoy the things, the things that they feel wa- like watching anything. this movie. Yeah, literally anything. Let Barbie be the president. Let Barbie be an astronaut, etc. And like, yeah, sure, maybe it's laid on thick throughout, but that's the movie. Like, that's the whole point. Okay, and also, it's like watching Schindler's List and being like, "We get it. There's a Holocaust." <laughs> it's like, okay, like, what's your beef here? Like, I'm sorry. Like, sorry that feminism it's exists. Like, so yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, what I have to say is, if you watch this movie and you're like, "Oh, they're putting down men," that's part of the point. Is that like in a reversed society where men are treated like the women are treated in our society? They're treated badly, and like no one's arguing that that's how it should be. At the end, the movie argues that that is not an ideal system. Right. I think that's where I think a lot of guys will like kind of shut off once they see that it's kind of the tables are turned and they're like, Oh, it's not even that memorable or whatever. But like, and it's, it's supposed to lead you that way. But then, like you said, at the end, it's like, it's the whole point is to say, Hey, let's, you know, let's all kind of just like be on the same ground together. You let's know? be and Barbie so, and be Ken. Yeah, exactly. And so I think, I think it's, we it's, are, it's, you're kind of missing the mark yeah. at the end. If you've, if you've just shut yourself off at the two thirds mark at the, you know, at the big, at the end of the second act, you're like, okay, yeah, this is anti-men. It's like, well, in this moment, yes, but watch the whole movie. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> and well, you are Kenneth. That's yeah. That's the thing. There's like, they even, they even basically say like, even, even if you are like, you know, feeling that weird about like the men stuff, it's just like the end is just like also saying like it's propping up men who aren't being like screwed over by like society. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, no, let's get rid of like the patriarchy can be tough because it's like that makes it seem like all all the men in the world. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it's like these the bad, like pow- all powerful dudes. It's like, let's just like cut that out. And then all then dudes can have a better life. Women can yep, have a patriarchy life. Like, benefits nobody. Yeah. Except for just like the I think you, I think the branding of it of of just like anti men. It's just like no, the brand like because patriarchy, you know, the father, the, you know, right. It's but like really, it's more just like no, like what's happened from like m- bad men with power right. ruining everything. But and I feel like that message is is pretty obvious. Yeah, it's I, I so would say anything we say about it, I feel like is not that novel or like I don't know insightful even i feel like i guess we're just trying to defend and explain why you shouldn't hate this movie if you do i think this movie does a really good job of um illustrating though like imagining a world of reverse where it's like imagine every professor every president and still to this day every president every most every supreme court justice right uh, every person on the mount rushmore (laughs) but like just like in general um and that's not and that's just our country and we're looking at you know every country ever those are just like facts those aren't just like those aren't like trying to like make an argument of men versus it's just like that's just what's happening when you look at your dollar bills or yep yeah they are just every single thing is catered around i love the scene where ken enters the real world and like discovers it and he's just like (laughs) He's so happy. He's and, like, wow. And then he sees like horses and just like somehow it turns into like his obsession with horses. And then that is so funny. he realizes that it doesn't have anything to do with them. And, and then he's not interested he's in like, patriarchy. Oh, yeah. Anymore. I've actually not been interested in it ever since. That's so good. But let's talk about Alan. Alan. My review of this movie was it's rude of Alan to steal Barbie's movie from her because he stole the show. Patriarchy. Yeah, I know. In a weird way, him not being. You know, he ended up stealing the show just with how he was, you know, so I guess, yeah. Um, So what worked for me was pretty much everything, especially Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Right. Um, and America Ferreira with an amazing um, moment in the show, but just throughout. Um, our sister, Abby, left a review that I wanted to mention. This movie, especially America Ferrera's monologue, depicts what it's like to be a woman better than any other movie I've seen. 
And that was her takeaway as well when we left the theater. She was just like, I felt so seen. Um, and that monologue is everywhere. It's like in a bunch of magazines you can find it on the internet. And um, I think it's beautiful and um, central to the movie is that little monologue toward the end. Um, and I think it's the heart of the movie. I think it's funny that it made fun of specifically us with, oh, with yeah. the Godfather and, yeah. and like, wasn't there a podcast quip? To yeah. There's a podcast yeah. quip and just, uh, it was so funny. Zack Snyder's justice league yeah. at the beginning. So it's it, oh, the movie opens with the 2001 space odyssey homage. Oh yeah, and Jake Mansplain. And I explain it to Abby. I turn, I turn left, and I'm like, oh, by the way, uh, that's like a reference to 2001: A Space Odyssey. So if you're looking at the set pieces and like the confused or the metaphor of the monolith um, in relationship to men, um, the Barbie and women, and then later on, there's like the high heel and the like the. The what is Birkenstock. it? The Birkenstock. And I'm like, oh, Abby, like that's like the Matrix. Like if you look at like, oh my and then later in the movie, it's making fun of me for like film bros explaining The Godfather. I was like, yes, but I feel seen. And but the thing is, what he says about The Godfather is true. He, he says it's like some cool commentary, and I'm like, I actually agree with that. But yeah. It's not. It's not the content. Oftentimes, it's yeah. the uh, presentation. It's, yeah, it's the uh, patronizing uh, approach to it. Uh, yeah, because maybe yeah, Abby's we genuinely film and maybe okay. Abby's genuinely interested in that reference. So, <laughs> frankly, not... it does make it better to know the reference. And if you haven't seen it, you need someone to explain it to you. So, here's yeah. a question: What's the difference between explaining and mansplaining? Just the tone. Um, I think it's the assertion of self. And like, hmm. oh, you need me. Playing guitar at someone, like <laughs> yes. it says in the movie. That was so good. Instead of to someone. <laughs> like all of them just smiling. <laughs> playing for so them. good. It's so good. Um, it's such a roast. A th- good roast. I mean, this. I feel like this movie is so very funny throughout, too. Hmm. Like, even if you just went for a funny movie, you wouldn't be disappointed. Like. Yeah, sure, there's a lot of like deeper meaning and there's a lot of commentary on the world, but it doesn't sacrifice the humor to do that at all. It which uses I, the humor. Yeah, exactly. And that's not the only humor throughout, too, is just making fun of men. I feel like there's a lot of like great situational comedy. Yeah, with the props and them being Barbies. Kate McKinnon splits and being like the weird <laughs> Barbie is so good. I love there's a moment um, when... <laughs> Margot Robbie's breaking down about how she's I say Margot not Robbie, perfect about how she's not perfect and then there's like a little the narrator comes in and it's like if He'll you make really want note. to hit this point you do not cast Margot Robbie as this character because she's like not feeling pretty enough or like and she's just looking flawless it's so funny although I'm sure there's days Margot Robbie feels like she's not pretty I don't know maybe not maybe feel maybe feels, feels. But it's that's like... what I said that's what I said <laughs> No, but I feel like it's Margot Robbie. I feel like sometimes there's those traditionally, you know, Margot Robbie-esque women out there who are probably very attractive to like 99% of the world. There's pressures that go along with yeah, that. Yeah, that's still yeah. that's still yeah. she still has valid. It's hard being Barbie. But it's a funny joke and I'm sure Margot Robbie laughed at it. And I'm sure she probably she might have at, like I don't she, know. No, you she can't write that, that because no. no, but like Greta she Gerwig. was very also it is very important uh to note that she produced this movie. Even um, before she was cast. And did you know that? very central to the creation. It wasn't like she was cast and then she's like, I want to produce too. She was a producer and they're like, like Greta. Yeah, Greta would like run stuff by her. Yeah. And then until until, until she kind of switched she's roles. Producer became, she's producer Barbie. She's producer Barbie. And I just, I think those are like, that's the other like main thing I wanted to like really hit too, along with the production design is the direction um, and writing of Greta Gerwig. I just think she's one of our best, like period. It's like her, like, especially of like, you you still have your, your Scorsese's and your guys that are still like getting it done. And your your Ridley Scott's and guys who are still doing things, Tarantino, Wes Anderson, you have those guys. That's, that's kind of like the generation above. Um, but with her generation, it's like her and Jordan Peele and Chazelle and these guys, she's right. She's every bit, if not 
past those guys. Like she's, you know, it's, it's those guys that are um, those people that are, and she's right there with them. I think she, what specifically I like about her and everything she's ever done is she is so, so, so attuned, not only to women, she specifically goes that direction um, with both her acting and her writing and her direction. Um, she's very attuned to how women feel being a woman. That's probably very helpful, but also Every time it's like the men are also like written very, very well. It's, it's, it's very crafted. You know, obviously you have like the husband of America Ferreira who she is using as a, a, a prop of like, this is what usually the man is and, or the women, the woman is or the wife or whatever in a movie. Right. But so she's so, so aware. And, you know, and yeah, there's the some help with Noah Baumbach, her, her, her partner, her husband, I, I don't know. Um, and so he can kind of give insight into the male psyche. But she taps into a to to just human understanding and feeling better than pretty much any any um director out there. Her average is insane. I mean, I know you guys aren't as big on Lady Bird, but that movie is uh like it's still five very star good yeah, movie yeah, for me. Yeah. And Little Women and Barbie, mm -hmm. like what? Okay, yeah. yeah, and those are her direction. Yeah, those are she directed all three of those movies, yeah. and they're all. Um, ah, yeah, Frances Ha is Four another one that she's, she wrote um, and starred in, which is another one. And you're just like, wow, this person just gets human feeling. And it's, you know, it's New York centric, but, but still very good. Um, I'm pretty sure she's in, she, she's in 20th century women, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. And that's another one that's just like very, like, it's just, you can just feel the humanity emanating from her, even just when she's acting, not even when she's the one directing. Um, and so I just, I just like, seriously, like when it's, for her, this was a big budget, huge Barbie, like IP craziness, but I'm almost, you know, it's like personally, my preferences are, are still going to be Tarantino and like those other, but it's just like, I'm, I'm very, very, very excited for any project she's going to be working on in the future, which she does have upcoming the uh, Lion, the, yeah, Narnia. I think she's got two movies. She's doing but, Narnia? Yeah. Yeah. And I think she'll just crush it. Interesting. I, like, I, 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 I guess I just want to say I feel comfortable with anything in her hands yeah because she just understands human humanity very very well so one of my favorite parts of this film was all of the like video camera home video footage mm. of like all of the different women in different situations just smiling and being happy do you know that part i feel like that was just so very good yeah. and i just was like wow this is a very like every little montage about like life yeah, it was just like was a really powerful moment. And I feel like, fun fact, that montage is footage from that was gathered from the actual cast and crew of their home videos. Oh, that makes sense. So, it felt like that. It yeah. felt so like these are just and it's like these young women just like existing in a world. And I don't know something about that. And like thinking about like the relationship between America Ferreira and her daughter. And then, like, thinking about my niece and, like, how she's going to grow up and become too cool for things. Like, it makes me really, like, emotional. Um, but, like, it's it's ridiculously beautiful. Um, also, yeah, I think just the Kennergy from from Ryan Gosling. He, and so, Simu Liu. Yeah, Simu Liu did so good. Amazing. Um, according to Ryan Gosling, he accepted the role of Ken after seeing his daughter's Ken doll lying down in the mud next to a squished lemon. He took a, he took a picture of the doll and the lemon and sent it to Greta Gerberg saying, I shall be your Ken. His story must be told. Every, every line I've seen from him discussing this movie has just been off the chain. Like, I'm just like, this guy is out of his mind in and like, great, the in, greatest, in, great, in the best way possible. And it really shines through it. He gets a lot of the, uh, he gets a lot of the, the one-liners and like kind of the, kind of the, the jokes yeah. in a way that um, his dancing scene is so funny where yeah. he's like, like got his face is like, ugh, but he's like, it's perfectly amazing. dancing the choreography. He, he buys in and just goes all the way in a way that Harrison Ford could never. Oh and God. it's just like, it's true. And it's just like later so, on her. I get it. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. And, and I just, and, and so I think what can happen though, I think is you watch it and be like, well, yeah, Ken is, you know, kind of like like Dummy. we said, stole the show, blah blah blah, because he's so he has all the funny lines. But I again, I just want to bring it back to Margot Robbie, like, Barbie, and, and just like she's funny she, and she's uh hum, human in a weird way to say that. But yeah. like she she uh you 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 run the gamut of her of her emotion and her understanding and and what's cool is that at the beginning she is so just like Barbie like airheaded, 
and then it's like all of a sudden the moment of like, oh, have you guys thought about death? And then it's oh, and then it's like that party. and going into the world and seeing an old woman and and seeing how how people are treated and then coming back and trying to formulate how we how this should actually be. And the, her character arc is for sure the best. And it's just like, man, I love movies that have character arcs. Well, the scene where she just tells that old woman that she's beautiful, and then she just goes, "I know," it's so good. I would say the only thing that didn't work for me very much is um, the Mattel stuff. Um, Will Ferrell on the board. Yeah. And it, it doesn't get much resolution really, I guess. And, and it's, I know it's part of their um, desire to be really self-knowing as like a like capitalist institution. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like that was kind of thrown in there in a story that otherwise was really tight. I agree. And really um, moving and comedic. I don't think it needed it. And, I agree. And I, I even felt a little bit like the Ruth stuff was forced. I agree. So I could do without that. And Ruth it's stuff, like so. that's that's a way more brutal way of saying what I feel because this is still nearly perfect. I movie. think Ruth deserved the the screen time because of what she did. I mean, she to created create it. Yeah. So, like, even if it doesn't perfectly fit, I feel like I would still have it because I think as she like, deserves it as a nod. And, like, it doesn't take that much of the movie. I say, and I say give Ruth her, her time. And it's the mom from Matilda. And it, I feel like, yeah, it's the mom from Matilda. What? <laughs> <laughs> Great insight, Jake. Thank you. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Um, Shall we move on to... The Oppie, unless we have any final thoughts. Barbie was great. It was amazing. Highly recommended. I give it four and a half. Four and a half. Now, Sean, um, I think as a nice transition, you could probably um, read your review of Barbie. (laughs) I said, now I I am become Barbie the destroyer of Oppenheimer. (laughs) As if. Okay. Jake, I need to know... Okay, so Oppenheimer. Um, Oppenheimer. What did you rate this before I start? Just I haven't gone in and done it yet because what I would you? To. What is it? This is a five star movie. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let me let me just read the synopsis and then I'm going to obliterate Sean like the bomb. <laughs> Sean is Hiroshima. In this no, scenario. no, 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 no. Here we go. So this is the story of J. Robert Oppenheimer's role in the development of the atomic bomb during World War II. It's a biopic. That's why Sean hates it. Um, Sean gave this movie <laughs> three and a half out of five stars. Now, that's above average. You may think... That's a, a movie you like. You may think, oh, like, he doesn't hate this movie. I thought base level four star. I thought base level four and a half, frankly. Yeah. If you, if you <laughs> like, if you just, like, don't love the genre no. and you don't love, like, this Movies, kind of story, like the, cinema. Length, the length, whatever, you're like, okay... I recognize this as being what it is, and that's at least. And listen, uh, nearly to the people out there, you, you don't have to like the things that I do. I get very defensive and very angry when people don't like the things I like. However, in this case, I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. Oh, <laughs> I'm correct. Oppenheimer is so, so good. I think. What do you like about it? First of all, I think it's my favorite Christopher Nolan film, which I know is insane and everyone's going to come after me. I think it's his most well-done film. Maybe not my favorite, but the most well-done. No, I I, th- I think it's up there. Um, it is. What do I like about this movie? Um, what do you not like? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's so me and Kevin, um, our brother-in-law, as well as Casey and his brother Kevin, two Kevins, we went and saw this and at the end just silence in the theater and everyone was sitting there for a little while. Like no one in the theater stood up and it wasn't like to wait for an end credit scene. Cause yep. what is there going to be a sequel? <laughs> and the everyone was just in awe, dude. I could feel it in there and Holy cow. Talk about a movie that you should see in theaters. Yes. The sound. Yes. Sound design. Yes. Number one, probably for yes. me. And I've, yes. I've never said that about a film. Yes. Um, it demands attention. The timeline, how it jumps forward and back, I feel like yep. so many movies do that wrong. And a lot of them do it right. This is one of them. Nolan usually does it right. He does it right with time. 
we've talked about it before. If he could marry time itself, father time, he would. Um, Killian Murphy. It's pronounced Killian. I looked it up. Yeah. Killian Murphy as J. Robert Oppenheimer. If this isn't our best actor, I'll be very interested to see. I'll be mad, frankly. I, oh, I haven't seen everything else yet. He did so good. But the look in his eyes, his sunken... I mean, he already has the face. The eyes. He has the face but that looks like he made the like... atomic bomb. <laughs> he was born thinking he killed everyone in Japan. <laughs> And they were like, "Hey, we're gonna cast you." It's oh like Margot gosh. Robbie. I almost think it's as perfect of a casting, and I'm not no, even not joking. almost. It's perfect. It's like so okay, good. I feel um, this movie. What I love so much about this movie is all of the conversation. That Holy follows cow! It. All of the um, hard conversations and debates and moral dilemmas that you can have, like the conversations about with this. Like I've been talking to Tyler, my boyfriend, about this movie, yeah. um, and we've just been having like discussions about the morality of the whole situation Oppenheimer's role in it it's so interesting well and I think some of for me the best scene in the movie there's two best scenes first one spoiler alert by the way you may have not seen this it's just released spoiler alert I'm gonna give you three seconds to pause this okay that wasn't three seconds but you did it anyway maybe who knows the scene where he's in that little gymnasium with the bleachers and everyone's screaming and like enjoy like because yeah. he's a hero, right? Yeah. And and just the sound you don't really hear the screaming, like the sound design. Yeah, he like, just starts and then panicking. you hear it all at once and it's almost like the bomb going off again. Yep. yep. But it's all of their screams, but then their screams you start hearing screams of pain and fear. Yeah. And horror mixed in with it. Yep. Dude. The chills that I had during that entire scene and how he's just like in a complete daze and like he's just like saying like one sentence. And at it's a time. just like showing his face he's like, oh, and I the bet. world around him is all just crumbling. Yeah, and like the whole the yep. whole camera's like shaking. That looks so good. Sean, what do you think of that scene? I think that's a great scene. Thank you, Sean. I feel like <laughs> and then the second greatest scene second greatest scene is well the, obviously the testing of the bomb yep the but that's not even project. the second greatest probably the third for me the best is that last conversation albert einstein oppenheimer yep yep because yep. oh, so smart to end the movie oh my that. gosh because it shows that scene happen from from uh downey's perspective the other guy um, strauss strauss and he thinks they're talking about him and like the whole movie you kind of think that too like what did they say yep and then it goes to their conversation and they're just talking about how, hey, you remember how like I gave you that equation that said like there's a chance that the whole world, the whole atmosphere gets up, goes up in flames with this bomb going off. Like the whole world could be destroyed. Well, I think, you know, and he's like, it may have started a chain reaction that destroys the world. And then there's just a pause and then he goes, I believe we did. And then you're just like, yeah, it's like that still could be the possibility. And then it go- cuts to the scene of like the world getting destroyed from like future And it cuts nukes. to me in the theater thinking about, oh my gosh, we live in a world with nuclear weapons. Yeah. Dude, that, what do you feel about that last scene? I think it's really good. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. So Sean, here's what Sean didn't like about this movie. He, no, don't we'll we'll let him have his corner. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. That is not how this works. We're Edit- going to let him talk I'm assuming first. one word, one word. Editing? I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting till I can give my brother. He's gonna. Well, have no, a give it now because I no, want. because I need to give my corner of what I like about it. Yeah, right. No, but I'm saying we shouldn't end with Sean's. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, Sean. Sean's corner. Sean's little corner. <clears throat> I'd like to first point out that you mentioned three three scenes in the final hour of the movie that are good, and I agree that they are good. Two hours of. Of what before that? <laughs> I definitely thought the opposite. I thought you were going to love the first two hours. I did not, not like the last hour. No. Well, and the and I and I feel they're two different movies. First of all, and 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 so yeah, let's let's either do one or the other. I like this. I like or do it better. Which, in my opinion, if you've seen if you've seen Chernobyl, which is a I know this is a television show. <laughs> Who are but you? It was a much better much better approach, which is 
the thing happens in like early part of the of the series and then it like and then the fallout like all of everything like then you can build on that but but it, this was it was just like okay we just had a ton a ton a ton i actually like a lot of it but it's way too much for 2 hours 2 hours before anything you guys literally didn't mention the first 2 hours i just want to be clear about that i haven't talked yet i know i'm just saying and and so then we it's like before anything actually can like drive forward. And I feel like that driving needed to happen way earlier. And so, yes, Trevor, the answer is editing. Oh my gosh, this movie just, and then I know you guys liked the, the bouncing of time there. He has four movies that do it better than this. Um, there's too many, there's too many, there's 35 names that I just like, I know I'm not personally not very good at them, but it's like, Oh, and this Schneitzer from, from Poland and his contribute. And it's just like, I don't know, like, it's impossible on first watch and eventually, yeah. and I know, and I know, and I'm going to say this, I gave it a three and a half. I'm sure it'll be a four upon rewatch because I'll understand it better. And you'll Here's have the subtitles. Thing. I read the Wikipedia. It's better than the movie. I'm like, not joking. Read the Wikipedia of this movie, Oppenheimer 2023, read the Wikipedia. And you're like, this is coherent. This is something that like, this makes sense. I don't like, what are we doing for the first two hours? I don't even know. Then we finally do get to that third hour, which not a lot of, you know, like there's a, a couple of people I've liked or I've talked to have not liked the third hour, which is fine, but it is where, yeah, like you get these crazy good, like the, the you know, the, the Trinity is insane. It's one of the best like filming period, just like cinematography, sound design. I agree. Acting in that moment is very good. Um, despite the fact that he doesn't actually have a character arc for three hours. Um, he does a good job looking like Oppenheimer. I agree. Uh, <laughs> and then, so yeah, it's beautiful for that one hour. Um, or for that one, that, that scene. And then it's, you know, fairly interesting to, to, you know, the, the back and forth with, with Downey Jr. I could take it or leave it. Um, you get one dunking scene with the, you know, the, the, the two minutes of, uh, Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt who needs way more screen time and, and purpose. Um, but congrats, she dunked him on grammar and, and it's just like, ah, and so, yeah. So first of all, again, this isn't my movie. Biopics are not my thing. Editing is my thing. This is poorly edited. And so like those two things are two of my main things that I'm just like, it's just not going to do it for me unless you do it in a way more, just like tighten that up, tighten it up like crazy. And, uh, and then the sound design, if we're talking sound design, that whole first two hours when you couldn't hear anything. And then again, when they're talking about 30 different characters who I don't even know and trying to like, who's this Rami Mal? Oh, and Rami Mal comes like, it's okay. I guess he's the, like the weird secretary guy, but now he's important. And I don't really know. And I, like, and we got the guy from Santa Claus here who I really like, and I thought he did a really good job, but it's like, what's his role I here? I did turn to Sean part and of the so movie many and say, things. was he in the Santa Claus? I love him by the way, but yes, he was anyway, and so it just wasn't, it, this was just very much not my movie. It just wasn't. That's and a, and I, I was so, and I told this to Trevor yesterday, I was very sad. Like Tre Jake asked after, he's like, are you like sleeping? I was like, I thought about the, the feeling I was feeling you were was sad. sad. You I wanted you to like it. this movie and I yeah. didn't. Anyway. So, that's okay. All. Let me, uh, let me speak for, for a second. Trevor has something pressing. It seems like he wants to say, but all I have to I'll say talk. is it was a ridiculous achievement in filmmaking and absurdly immersive and heart pounding experience. And on letterbox, I just want to quickly say it has a 4.4 out of five rating. It's number 52 of all time. Um, with 600,000 people having rated it. Um, so I'm... You do that to a lot of movies. Trevor. Like, no, I'm saying... That's not how this works. I'm saying... No, I'm, Trevor, I'm presenting... Like, Sean's like, I'm sad. Trevor's like, let me make you sadder. I'm not sad about okay. No, I'm not trying to make you sadder. I'm just trying to say to the audience, this is a very well-liked film. Sean didn't like it. And you might not. And he has the right to not like it. You also, listening, have the right to not like it. However... Um, we like a lot about it. I want Christopher Nolan to understand if he's listening <laughs> that we recognize the greatness that this is. At least I do. I do is what I'm trying to say. I want to talk. Talk. There are so many things that are going well with this movie. I think for the first two hours, there's an inherent propulsiveness Just to building up toward what we know I love as the, first the creation of the atomic bomb. I think that that was so smart because I think that inherently carries so much momentum. So I think maybe Sean didn't feel that inherent momentum. Yeah, and so I could that. see, yeah, the, but if you're just really looking forward to that testing scene. Um, and if you're just like wanting to see 
how someone could justify creating something like this and all of the moral dilemmas that that person faces in the creation of it and maybe a government's control over somebody um, who is a genius and is is just a physicist who's interested in the stars and the universe and history um, somehow being um, charged with creating the ultimate weapon of destruction those first two hours were just like i agree and i think if the bomb would have been tested in the first half hour it would have been not near as good of a movie it feels like an automatically climactic moment to me yeah it does seem like nolan is more interested in the aftermath than the creation of the bomb itself um and I think that's why this the last hour works so well is because I think yeah. Nolan is interested in that. It might be that the the biography itself is very interested in that that this is based on. Um, I think I think that uh, he does a good job of making you legitimately scared of yeah. the bomb, even though it's a, something that already happened. We know the world didn't get destroyed. Um, but the it, that it, the fact that it was a near fact, zero, yeah, near zero. I thought Matt Damon did very good as the general guy. I thought Oppie did great. I thought Florence Pugh and Emily Blunt did, Blunt did great. I don't feel like Emily Blunt necessarily needed more screen time. I'm not saying she did bad, but I'm saying it's not her story. Yes, I think in general, Nolan is not known for his like treatment of women. Sure. In movies. So I think that that, especially with Florence Pugh's character and also just her chops that she has as an actress, um, I feel like she could have offered more if the script had given her more. I thought um, she did very good. And she was brilliant in what she had, but it was just unclear um, the roles that these women had in his life other than just like events that happened. I don't know. Anyway... Yeah, I, I just want to be clear on something though. Three and a half is above average, and there are so <laughs> many good things. And honestly, I agree with the vast majority of what you guys are saying. I do agree with those things. It's just that I didn't. For the, you, the presentation of it was just way too long and drawn out in a way yeah. that I wish it would have just been way tighter. Doing exactly what you're saying, which is bringing that the the feelings that you feel. I agree. I felt those too. But it, it, but it was for me diminished because, far because too, far between. too much going on. Let's t- let's tighten that up. Let's take away five scientists. Let's or, or like have them at the thing. But like you know, as far as like a little less like name t- dropping. And, yes, you know and I saying? made Just tighten that up a little, and I'll and I'll and I can enjoy those feelings more. I had to consciously make a decision because I'm also very bad with names. It's just in one ear out the other. I'm not going to know who they're talking about. Um, and truthfully, I think there's only like one moment that that didn't serve me where I made the decision very early on that I wasn't going to worry about it because I was like, I'm going to trust this movie that it will just show me what it needs to show me. And I feel like there was only like one instance where I was kind of lost when it's like they finally give away who was the um, spy for the Russians. And I was like, oh, and I think it even showed the guy for a second, but I like all the white guys look exactly the same and they just like say the name and I was like, I don't remember who that was. And so that was the only moment it didn't serve me. Otherwise I feel like you can watch this movie and be like that, that moved past me. That's for someone who knows this history, like in and out. It's like a, it's like a reference in a Marvel movie to something that like other people are going to get. I'm not going to get it. That's okay. Yeah. And I think that just goes into the craziness of his life. How many people he worked with, like, I'm sure even for him at times, it's hard to keep track of who's who. And I almost think that's kind of what it's trying to do because he's worked with so many people and there's so much to remember. Like, I don't know. I feel like to me, yeah. it didn't detract at all. I wasn't like worried about it, but I um, think other than so it's it's also funny because I think um, editing is going to be one of the most lauded things about this movie. Um, and um, I also want to mention all of the. Um, performances that I absolutely adored other than Killian Murphy, who was just one of the best performances I've ever seen. Emily Blunt. We mentioned the scene toward the end is a true highlight of the movie. Um, Matt Damon and just being like America, but also like really like winning and um, you really like, he's not just a garbage. I don't know. They, they could have painted him really negatively and I don't think they did. And I think Matt Damon is so inherently charming. That was really interesting. Yeah, and he defended him in the end. Like, Robert Downey is... Jr. 
is what I'm trying to get to. Robert Downey Jr. was absolutely incredible in his role. I love seeing him in a villain role. Um, I am pretty unfamiliar with his work literally other than Iron Man. I don't know if I've seen, I've seen him as Sherlock Holmes, but um, his work was absolutely insane. I want to say the most chilling part of the movie for me was like, we have this big climax where we finally get the creation of the bomb. And then immediately in the aftermath, they just like towed it away. And Oppenheimer is just left wanting to know like all the updates that are going to be happening. It's like his child that's being carted away and he's just, he's created something and now he's immediately left with questions of if that was a mistake or not. And they're like, we'll call you, you know? And and then, and then they don't until after it's like, Oh, by the way, it was a success. Like we dropped it. And then he's just like, Oh (sighs) my God. And then it just haunts him. And they just calculate how many actually probably died from it. It's like 10 times the amount of number of people. Yeah, it was like, like two hundred and forty thousand. Yeah, they thought it'd be twenty thousand or something, and then it was like. Well, the the other harrowing thing was before when they're like, so I was gonna do Kyoto, but that's oh. me and my wife have have gone there, and and it's just like that was like, oh my gosh, yeah. So the, like that was another. I wonder like, if there's a, there's quite a few of those moments there, and that 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 was just like these decisions were actually being made with these people in this room, you know. It's it's insane how those people could affect world history and and killing so many so people casually. so casually and um, it ended the war. It yeah, well, and war. it's like this movie doesn't paint it as a pure black and white, All right? Um, and and I, I enjoy the gray area because I've always viewed it as just like the greatest atrocity that's ever existed, and it kind of is. And yet, it's like we we literally cannot know what would have happened if we didn't do that. We cannot know, so we can just instead be like horribly sad about it. Just and work with the cards we've been dealt. As I a think world. it's really interesting that um, in the movie it says. Um, oh, should we should we be trusted with this? And Killian's uh, and Oppenheimer says, um, I don't know, but I know the Nazis cannot be trusted with this, and they're eighteen months ahead. Yeah. Um, and I thought right. that was a really interesting point. Yeah. Um, the I've... conversation that Oppenheimer has with Truman, um, right. is infuriating because he's like getting emotional. And it's like, hey, I I feel as if I have blood on my hands. And Truman is like, do, do you think they care about who made the bomb? They care about who dropped it. And that was me. And then as he's leaving, he's like, don't let that crybaby back in my office again. Yeah, it's like, geez, Truman. Oof. Why do you say that word for word, actually? He said that. Oh, did he? Yeah. It's well, on record. Dang. Anyway, um, oof. I think the very beginning, um, it starts out with Prometheus stole fire from the gods and gave it to man. For this, he was chained to a rock and tortured for eternity. Crazy beginning. Beautiful, too. Yeah. So cool. I bet Sean in that moment was like, this is going to be a five star. I was so excited. (laughs) I was so excited. (laughs) Um, But... (laughs) But at least it did do that. Like, there's a no, lot did, that no, was so did. sick. That's, and, I think that's why I have any strong feelings, frankly, is because you I know, see it. I see you, literally. It's just pieces of this would be is already though. five stars for me. It's like, yeah, like what if was filmed, I could cut this, I could make a five star movie right, for me for you. But and I think for everybody um, else. But I just think well. and like you know, the I am become death destroyer of worlds. There's lots of memes about it, but just like. The the lines like that read from like ancient was it Greek stuff or whatever Sanskrit. yeah anyway so sweet including my quote which is his job is bomb <laughs> no, <laughs> like beach no yes oh my gosh yeah just the epicness of all of that and the fact that this happened yeah. like eighty years ago yeah I just you know dread it run from it nuclear war comes just the same I think it'll come. Wow, is that a, is that a great way to end the episode? <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna, I was gonna quickly make one more, one more jab, one more jab, which is even after both of you guys, neither of you mentioned the first two hours, but second to that, I, I do want to say, yeah, we did. Eh. We said how it led up to a better and the scenes. Um, anyway, and so, but that's my last jab to end on a, a positive note for this movie. 
I do. Yeah, the visuals were for in when they were trying to be good were great. Again, we didn't get those for a while in the middle there, and so what were you know? So I was missing those for a good a good portion of it. But when they when they came, it was it was beautiful. Um, the um, the sound again in the right moments were so was so so good. And then and then what's I think what we can all agree is like some of the most important, some of the best stuff is just like yeah the the the, the thoughts it leaves you with, um, you putting yourself in his in his mind. Um, and you know, and some of the other people as well, and kind of seeing how they're able to like fight through those, like something so massive and terrible, and uh, but also interesting uh, uh, intellectually, and and so yeah, it, it really uh, really hits those points, and just like the weight of it on a human and on society and on and on science, and and I think that was uh, a really well done, um, and I think this is a good movie. It's an amazing movie. It's incredible. It's a perfect movie. Maybe go to the movie theater. Go see Barbie. Go see Oppenheimer. Have opinions about them. Have opinions. Like them. Dislike. Talk them. about them. Eat popcorn while watching them. Yeah. Eat Mike and Ike's pink lemonade. What I had you. some raisinets that hit the spot during Oppenheimer. Um, I just I love movies that will lead to a conversation. He didn't share the raisinets. That could be part of it too. Oh, uh, one Sean. and a half stars, easy. Yep. No, yeah. that that would have done it. The Raisinets were hitting too. There, I would have too if you'd have asked. Um, um, those are our films this week. Barbenheimer. Thanks for listening. We got another episode, obviously coming next week. We're looking forward to it. We're gonna get it a little western with it this coming week. What are we gonna be watching? The good, the bad, and the ugly. As well as we're gonna, you're gonna hear a lot of another that. equally yeah. epic and parody, an amazing That's film, nice. Three Amigos. I have never si- uh, seen either of these films, so look forward to a couple westerns next week. That's Haywood's take on Barbenheimer. <laughs>